Welcome to episode 185 of Kapowcast. That's right, I did arm thing. <laughs> Could you feel the emphasis? I, I I don't know why I get animated because nobody can see me, but I, I hope think they can feel it. I was going to say, I hope the energy translates <laughs> through me to the microphone into and their, to their mi- ears. Yep, to their mind's eye. <laughs> to the mind's eye. <laughs> I am Mike and joining me is Jeff Jefferson. Hey, everybody. Tony Vance is still spinning around in a hurricane somewhere. <laughs> What's up with that? I got that one. <laughs> and that's in relation to today's topic as we discuss the connections and similarities and crossover between comic books and professional wrestling. Hell yeah. We, uh, we've touched on this, I think, a few times, like just a little bit, but the similarities are uncanny. I think so, too. They blow my mind's eye. <laughs> Your mind gina. My, <laughs> my mind gina. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, but before we get to that, I learned something new today. Yeah. And I don't, I guess it's not that, well, maybe it is. I don't know. So we were out and we were like running errands and doing stuff and we passed the local Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. Which I've never been to. I've never Ever? been to. No, I've never been to Chuck E. Cheese. We should go. We, I, I know. hang out. I know, right? <laughs> I went to Caesarland a couple of times for like a neighbor kid's birthday. Oh man. But never Chuck E. Cheese. All the time. But, um, and, and uh, Steph pointed out to me that apparently like Chuck E. Cheese, like the character mm-hmm. has a very like dark, well, not dark, but like depressing backstory. I didn't know of this. <laughs> like what he, is it? Like he has a whole origin story. I don't know Chuck E. Cheese's origin story. <laughs> well, you know, it, it's a thing. So I immediately, like she kind of told me a little bit about it. So immediately I was like, I got to find like a full like <laughs> synopsis yeah. of this. Um, and I just like typed it in Google and clicked on the first article that had like the whole rundown. And I started reading it. And I was like, this is fucking bizarre. What is it? Um, so apparently this has been some sleuthing by BuzzFeed. Oh, uh, no. <laughs> there is a children's book, a Chuck E. Cheese children's book from 2012 that goes 2012 in, from 2012. <laughs> so this is recently established so the, lore then. <laughs> yes, this is. Yeah. It's, it's unearthed knowledge, like the Dead Sea Scrolls. <laughs> uh, he's, he's had a, he's had a hard life. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if I can read this. Without what what, what do you like escape the Holocaust or something? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's a different mouse. <laughs> uh, experiencing, experiencing bounce of quasi homelessness. What? After having to leave an orphanage <laughs> where he mainly seemed to host birthday parties. <laughs> Holy shit. Chuck E. Cheese got lost in the system? Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Uh, what the fuck? Okay, so. This should have been our episode topic. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. Uh, so, uh, where is it here? <laughs> Get to the part about the drug addiction. <laughs> oh, yeah, well, hang on. Let me, I want to find a. A juicy snippet? Yeah, yeah. I want to find a, a better snippet because this one just kind of jumped to the more obscure stuff. Uh, okay, here's a good one from Insider. Charles is the mascot of Chuck E. Cheese. So apparently he goes by Charles. <laughs> a beloved arcade and pizza restaurant chain for kids in the United States. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, literature. So Charles' backstory is depressing. There's a very good reason no one is sure why his parents gave him the name Charles Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> He's his middle name is Entertainment? <laughs> He's an orphan. <laughs> the story of Chuck E. Cheese tells the story of a little mouse growing up in St. Marina's <laughs> orphanage. What? He, he loved playing games and music with a particular passion for Happy Birthday, a song with only six words. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently this book also has no author. What? <laughs> 
It's, this is utterly we, bizarre. It is. We need to like contact Chuck E. Cheese Incorporated <laughs> and get some confirmation on uh, this. Because Chucky was an orphan, no one knew when his birthday was, so he never had a birthday party of his own. Oh, that's terrible. This made Chucky sad. <laughs> Charles took to celebrating the other kids' birthdays instead, like a professional bachelor wedding crasher. <laughs> <laughs> it was at those parties that he cultivated a passion for pizza and video games. All right. Soon enough, he won a Pong video game tournament, which awarded him a cool $50. He used that money to purchase a bus ticket to New York and never looked back. This can't be real. <laughs> you won a Pong tournament? How old is he? <laughs> I don't know. He's got to be in his like 50s, right? There's more. Uh, despite his freedom from the orphanage, Charles missed it and he had nowhere to stay. So Chucky was... He would sleep above the kitchen in a pizzeria run by a friendly Italian chef named Pascali. <laughs> <laughs> Chucky loved the small pizza, the book reads. Uh, plus, he had plenty of music. Pascali would listen to and sing along to the radio. It was a great place to live. The inevitable day came. Pascali found Charles in the restaurant and freaked out. <laughs> We've all like been six there. Six foot tall mouse living under my, <laughs> living under my six foot tall mouse squatting in my pizzeria. <laughs> Oh, not knowing what else to do, Charles sang. It was beautiful. <laughs> it's like a fairy tale. <laughs> I think this is Ratatouille. <laughs> Biscelli was so shocked that he dropped his rolling pin. A mouse that can sing? My restaurant is saved, the book reads. Then he continued in a cartoonish faux Italian accent. I'm going to make you a star. <laughs> Skelly set up Charles to be an attraction for his restaurant, a singing mouse. His first performance was a failure. People started walking out. <laughs> what? <laughs> but when he belted out happy birthday, reception was better. All right. As the years went by, Charles created a franchise for birthday singing, pizza, and games, apparently creating the Chuck E. Cheese chain we all know and love today. Holy shit. What the fuck? <laughs> wow. A lot of ups and downs in that, that one, was. man. I mean, like, it was like a behind the music. <laughs> Oh no. Oh what God. What a magical tale. You know what? It's a, it's a real American original success story. Um, I want to thank Steph for bringing that yeah. to my attention. Hell yeah. There was like a little light bulb in my brain. Clicked. I was like, <laughs> I need to share this. <laughs> I need to share with the world the Chuck E. Cheese lore. <laughs> There's a, a duty that's been bestowed upon me. Once you get the knowledge, <laughs> yeah. you have to bestow it upon others. It's like a gospel. Yes. Like Shrek is love, Shrek is life. Once you see it. <laughs> you got to be like, oh, it's, everyone's got to experience what I've experienced. <laughs> you, you watch it with other people. You watch their face. Huh? Uh, huh? Oh! <laughs> it's all ogre now. <laughs> He let out a mighty roar. <laughs> Don't they like some, say something like flat out like butt fucking? Or yeah, I think so. Like they, they drop the hard F word too. Oh, my brothers are coming in this weekend. I might have to show them that. I don't know if you do seen have to show them. And, and you have to play it at your wedding. <laughs> That's what the wedding party is going to enter into. <laughs> uh, uh. So uh, go on, young listeners, and <laughs> spread the gospel of Charles, Charles Entertainment. Entertainment. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> so uh, let's get to the actual news. Uh, <laughs> I feel like I feel like the show really peaked early and is now yeah. just going to take a steady. <laughs> much like the life of uh, Chuck E. Cheese. Much like the uh, uh, variety of yep. ups and downs and living in pizza kitchens. <laughs> Man, he'd stink like a pizza all the time from that. Oh, God. Yeah, he would. I guess uh, he'd just get used to it. Hey, so uh, you know about the movie The Batman, right? Yes. There I mean, hasn't been any casting controversy with that. <laughs> and there continues to not there be. Yeah, continues to not be. <laughs> Uh, so a couple, two casting um, rumors have coming are coming out for this uh, the Batman movie. The first one being 
I'm not familiar with him. Uh, Jeffrey Wright from Westworld. Yes. Um, apparently, he's rumored to be uh, in the final negotiations to accept the role of Commissioner Gordon. Yes, I uh, I've watched I watched the first season of Westworld. I think he's a really good actor, and I think it would be a good fit. I think a lot of people will freak out because he's black, and we oh my goodness, can't have a black Commissioner Gordon. I saw. Um, no, I'm not going to say. Uh, I'm not. Gonna, I, I really don't want to get into this. Yeah. Uh, but I, I did see somebody post something uh, just talking about like why do they have to like switch race on a character. Like, if that's the case, like, why don't we have, like, a white storm or a white Black Panther or a white insert black character here? And I was just kind of like, I'm going to click out of this. Yeah. I am not going down that road. I mean, there's normally five or six white characters for every black character in yeah. comics in general and in the movies. Mm-hmm. And you can argue or throw a big, you know, hoopla about forced diversity and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I think if it's a good actor, if it's a good fit, then I don't really see a problem with Jim Gordon. Like, he's already been portrayed several times, so... I mean, if you if you look at the Batman lore in itself, how many black characters are there really... Like yeah. you have like Lucius Fox. Yep. Uh, Batwing. His, his son, Luke Fox. Yeah. Is that Batwing? Yeah. Whatever his name is. Yeah. Bat, yeah. The Batwing bitch. <laughs> uh, and I really like I'm I'm totally blanking on. Uh, uh, Killer Croc. Sometimes. <laughs> and, uh, sometimes Catwoman. Yep. Yeah. Eartha Kitt, man. Ooh. Yep. Uh, but yeah, so there's not really a lot of uh, diverse representation in Batman. Well, plenty like, of black thugs get beaten up. Yeah. <laughs> if you really think about it and when i say thug i mean literal like, uh street tough type you know thank god this isn't like a a, a, a nationally popular podcast that probably be raked <laughs> over the coals by some people but uh batman is kind of the antithesis of white male privilege oh i can easily well i mean he's a white billionaire yeah who uses his money to you know go out and fight crime instead of just donating it to the city know, yeah city's infrastructure <laughs> Helping, you know, beef up the police squads <laughs> yeah. and give them. Or just getting rid of situations that allow for crime to thrive. Like, you know, a giant inner city full of uh, despair and corruption. And Maybe don't throw the guy in the giant vat of chemicals. <laughs> <laughs> Pishaw. Um, that's not the only thing. Uh, apparently it's also being rumored that uh, Jonah Hill. Yes. <laughs> the look on your face. <laughs> it's been rumored that Jonah Hill apparently is in talks for a villain role. Yes. And everybody's brain immediately goes. Penguin. Yeah. Um, and then I've seen some people say recently Riddler. Yeah. I saw an article that said the rumor, there's a rumor that he's being uh, in talks to play the Riddler. And I'm like, oh, man. Um, uh, uh, here's the thing. <laughs> like, I really don't mind Jonah Hill. I most, especially like his earlier stuff. Like, I don't mind. I love Superbad. Oh, yeah. I just don't like looking at him. <laughs> Too round. <laughs> he's just got a weird shape. And it, like, it's weird. Like, it, he doesn't look any better, like losing weight. He looks worse. He looks horrifying. Yeah, he does. He rocks me to my core. It reminds me of like when uh, Al Roker lost all that weight. Yeah. And he just kind of looked like he like deflated. Deflated. Yeah. <laughs> he looked like he looked in the Ark of the Covenant or something like. <laughs> well, not only that, but like uh, I, I've seen some interviews with Jonah Hill and he's like really fucking weird now. Yeah. Like, he seems really weird and defensive and like, I mean, it, like hanging out with Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, ugh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Talk about like he seems very uh, pretentious or seems like he's borderlining on that yeah the weirdo artsy actor. yeah the weirdo like i'm i'm not a i'm not an artist now like yeah I'm, i remember the one uh, time he was on like was it jimmy kimmel or jimmy fallon or one of the jimmies well, yeah the jim jims one of the jims one of the little jimmies <laughs> and he said something to the nature of like i used to be you know i was being what people thought i was you know supposed to be but now i'm just gonna kind of be me and enjoy life for, and i'm like oh Ooh. god i'm like this guy sounds like he's like draw more dicks yeah <laughs> gave us more dick jokes fatty <laughs> 
How dare you try to be an individual? But yeah, I agree. I don't. Like I don't that. like that at all. <laughs> um, but I just when it was weird because I was when I was pulling up stuff to talk about. Uh, I, this is the first time I've seen this. Uh, it says Jonah Hill is reportedly demanding twice as much money as Robert Pattinson to star in the film. Really? Is he like? Does he think he's fucking Jack Nicholson? I don't know. He thinks he's Leo. I'm in a movie with Leo. Yeah, I, <laughs> I can get that DiCaprio money. Um, I'm just like no. Like yeah, the more I, the more I hear about the Batman, the, the like I'm just. Like, you know, and they say like, oh, so I always try to say, give the actor a chance. I don't want to give him a chance. I, here's the thing. Like, I think the most serious role I seen him in was, I think when he was in, oh, uh, what was that one with Leonardo DiCaprio? Wolves of Wall Street. Wolf of Wall Street. I, I almost said, said Moneyball, but that was the. That Wolves was the of Wall one. Street was about werewolves. I got the two mixed up. But uh, he was, I don't know. I, I, I was like, I can see him. Like, he's doing a good job, but I still see jonah hill yeah like the fake teeth didn't help him no <laughs> it, there's certain actors where the person they are has almost created an identity into itself like it's, seth rogan and jonah yeah. hill <laughs> and michael Sarah and everyone we're, else in that movie we're like when you see them trying to take on these other roles especially when they're supposed to be like established characters or like you know, their biopics and stuff like that. Like mm-hmm. I just see that actor kind of like, you know, I mean, we've used it before. Like that was one of the only drawbacks with Ben Affleck as Batman is a lot of times when you're watching him, you see, you're seeing Ben Affleck playing Batman. It helped when he was wearing the cowl, but yeah. whenever he was Bruce Wayne, I was like, Hey, that's Ben Affleck. <laughs> exactly. You know? And like Jonah Hill, like just picturing him, like showing up as like a Batman villain. Like I just immediately, my brain just clicks to like, I'm looking at this fucking chuckle. <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Yeah. It'll be a hard sell. I think. And we've said it a million times on here. Like, don't judge the casting. Let the cast, let those performances speak for themselves. But like, but we're eating our words of this one. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm backtracking on this one a little bit. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. I mean, every time you hear casting news about this movie, you're like, huh? Yeah. And like, oh man, like Jonah Hill, like he just has like, like the minute you hear his voice, you picture something like you get a picture of what he's supposed to be doing on screen. And yeah. Like, Watching him like spit riddles at Batman is not something that <laughs> at all or like with a fucking monocle and top yeah. hat like the penguin. I'm just like, no, it just seems utterly bizarre. It does. And I, I, I don't know. I'm what. trying to think of like who he could play like Hugo Strange. <laughs> no, no. Uh, Clayface. He kind of looks like he's melting. Yeah, that's true. Somebody said Maybe uh, he could play Clayface. Somebody said uh, Professor Pig. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know really enough about Professor Pig, so he's a pretty bizarre character. Yeah, uh, but I don't, I don't think he's any of the because there was a, a list that came out of like rumored villains and like he just doesn't seem intimidating to me. I, yeah, like nothing about him says like, look out, I'm intimidating, I'm gonna get you. Yeah, and maybe that would I'm not, I'm, or nothing says criminal mastermind or no, nothing says that he could best Batman at anything. Like so, when you say that, I guess like maybe you know the Penguin would work. Yeah, in a sense, Condiment King. Condiment King. If you played the Condiment King, I would flip. You would flip? I would. I would do a flip. Awesome. <laughs> Just as the instant I heard, I would stand up and do a flip. Oh, uh, but I, yeah. I'd like kick a light bulb, a fixture, fixture or something too. But yeah, utterly yeah. bizarre, not behind it. Don't, I'm hoping that's just a big rumor. I mean, it's, I've just been seeing reports, of, like I've seen some reports saying he, like he is officially cast and I've seen others saying that they're in negotiations and I'm just like, especially like if it's true that he's demanding so much money and like, it's like, are you trying to like, are you going to throw the royalties there too? Like Jack Nicholson was smart enough to do. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't he still get money? I heard he that he does. Yeah. What a smart man. He made a killing doing nothing that. after he played the, like every time someone else plays the Joker, you're like, Hey, give me some of that sweet Joker money. <laughs> um, speaking of Joker, 
Yes. Uh, we are now like a, a week away from wow. the Joker film, which is making more headlines this time for a different reason. Yes. Um, and I, I couldn't help but kind of laugh. Well, he's the Joker. It's true. Because when we were talking in our group chat, uh, we were kind of talking about the Joker movie a few weeks ago. And I, I had kind of mentioned in passing that I was like, you know, I was like, oh, man, I was like, just wait, like some crazy person's going to like. They're called incels, Mike. Is that what they're called? Yeah. Well, um, incel, the characters like that are popular, the incels and incel is an involuntary celibate. They're guy, you know, the stereotypical nice guy that can't talk to a woman uh, and like blames like them the for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, a neckbeard shut in <laughs> who can't talk to a girl. Like I, I immediately thought I'm like. teaching all kinds of terminology. You do. <laughs> The terminology podcast. <laughs> there was a part of me that was like, oh man, I was like, is there going to be some kind of shooting? And then like the person's going to be like, I saw Joker. And, and, and Tony kind of got, got on me for that. And uh, we came to a nice understanding of what was being talked about. Um, not saying that if that were to happen, like it's like, it's like they have a reason to go about doing that because they watch a movie because they're not. Yeah. But that's kind of what all started coming up this week. But I was kind of like, holy shit, look at that. Yeah. Like now it's like people from like the theater, the dark Knight theater shooting are like, uh, getting petitions together. And like, there's articles coming out about petitions for what, for them to, I don't know, (laughs) like pull back on the violence or, or like something like that. People are, you know, there's articles coming out saying, you know, Warner Brothers new Joker film uh, accused of glorifying violence. And have these people seen the movie? I'm assuming most of them have not. Yeah. Uh, and even recently in an interview, uh, they asked Joaquin Phoenix about how he felt about this movie possibly inspiring, you know, something like that. And he got up and walked out. <laughs> Good for him. And I guess he eventually came back he, because he forgot his keys. And he said, <clears throat> <clears throat> he said something <laughs> to the nature of like, you know, I'm sorry. Like that question just really caught me off guard. And like, I didn't really think about that. And uh, I'm just like, oh man, here you we go. You never thought about it? I guess not. I instantly thought about it once I, so, okay, here's the thing. I peeked behind the curtain. Mm-hmm. Somebody uh, posted a scene from the movie, like yeah. on like Reddit or something like that. It was like a hand cam, but it was pretty good quality. Yeah. And I just, I morbid curiosity. I had to look and it's spoilers. If you don't want to know anything about this movie, uh, it, it was towards the end where he's on the, um, the talk show thing, like that Robert De Niro's uh-huh. posting. And basically some stuff happens and it's said there that made me, that makes basically like click my brain. And I was like, uh Oh, <laughs> I was like, this movie might inspire some crazies. Yeah. Because I mean, and here's the thing, like people should not be that influenced by that stuff. Like, no, there's the saying that if they were that, if all it took was a movie video game, this that they were going to do it anyways. And like, absolutely. Like, yeah, I agree. You know, by no means do I think people should censor it, but I think you should be aware of being while you're putting it out being like, ah, shit, <laughs> like, this might cause if anything is going to drum up some publicity. Yeah. Um, you know, they say there's no such thing as bad publicity. Exactly. And now, Joker basically for like the past three weeks, past month really, has been dominating all kinds of headlines. Yeah. First with like earlier views and this and that and Oscar talk. And now, like, just as that's starting to cool off, now people are talking about the violence in the movie and the this and the that. Well, I mean, I think that's so fucking stupid because you look at, you know, critically acclaimed movies, you look at like Taxi Driver or any Scorsese movie. It has fu- way more violence. Fuck yeah, they glorify violence. They make it look super cool. And that's why we enjoy it. People are infatuated with violence. I think, and I don't know. So here's a question. Yes. Do you think this stems from them like being like, oh, well, you know, just a lot of comic book fans, a lot of those, what'd you call them? The incels. Incels <laughs> are going to be the ones seeing it. So that's going to, what's going to trigger it is like, we have all these nerds basically. Yeah. All these shut-ins it. that, yeah. you know, feel that they have no outlet for all their uh, repressed, you know, severe emotional trauma from living a life alone in their basement, shouting at people on the internet. Yeah. Which I could see. I could definitely see, but. Cause like they attract like a movie 
like uh, let's go something more more recent. A movie like The Departed, yeah, will attract a different crowd than a movie like The Joker. That's true. If you look at something like this, I mean, I get a lot of vibes from say, well, The Dark Knight, of course. Mm-hmm. V for Vendetta was another big one. Yep. There's a bunch. The Matrix to an extent, although that was more mainstream, really. What I think is gonna, what I think basically when I see it. What I'm going to take away from it is it's basically going to be a classic story of like a guy getting shit on, but taking the wrong direction, Mm -hmm. like doing the wrong things that a person shouldn't do. And I'm sure the movie will. And I think part of it, part of the problem, too, is that the movie centers on Joker where like he's not, you know, it's not Batman versus Joker. It's just Joker. So he is the main character. More often than not, the main character is your hero. Yeah. The the, like the person you would identify with. Exactly. Then this, the villain is the protagonist. Yes. So it's going to be slanted from his point of view. And I think that might be why it's being construed the way it is, like glorifying violence, because it's the protagonist doing it. And I saw somebody uh, made the mention of like, well, well, how come the same thing didn't happen when the Punisher came out? Like, well, because the Punisher is killing criminals. Yeah. Totally different than just doing whatever it is the Joker does in this. Yeah. Inspiring mass chaos. Yeah, we don't even know what he does. We don't know what he does. We can't say what he does. I know one thing he does. But (laughs) (laughs) um, two totally like you can't compare the two. No. Like at all. Like, I would love it if if somebody watched The Punisher was like, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to clean the fucking streets. <laughs> like, <laughs> good luck with that, buddy. <laughs> I'm going to arm up a van and <laughs> we'll fight Kevin Nash. <laughs> we'll boiling hot water on him. <laughs> but I think that's where things are kind of getting fuzzy and construed. Yeah. Um, and you kind of you mentioned V for Vendetta and stuff like that. And like, uh, I think in V for Vendetta, like in the movie, actually, like they kind of mentioned like, Listen, you're you're going about your vengeance the right way, but or you're you're justified, but you're going about it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what will be a lot with Joker. Like, hey, like we get it, but you're going about this the wrong way. But they're just worried there's some of them incels that will be like, this is what I need to do. Yeah, wow, this guy's literally me, man. You know, like, and then you're gonna have people, you know, wearing Joker masks and doing protests and oh yeah, being in being inspired by yep. his, finding some sort of message that isn't there, like finding some way for to take it and identify with themselves and be like, you know what, he's really fucking right. <laughs> Yeah, it's entirely possible. And I wouldn't be surprised if it did happen, but I don't think it's, there's never an excuse to censor art. No film is art. You can't censor it. And, and I think that was one of the thing that maybe like Tony was misconstruing when I mentioned that I had a concern of this, of something like that happening is I wasn't saying like the movie should be censored or it shouldn't like people are fucking stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like Film at 11, you know? Yeah. People are fucking dumb. And like, so now there's all the, like the, the press is almost creating a perfect storm. It only feeds the problem. It don't, exactly. It's almost, you know, I'm one of those people right now. So, yeah, we're going to go on a tangent here. <laughs> so, I, I mean, there are times, I'm not going to lie, that I have gone to a premiere movie and it has been in the back of my head. What if somebody shows up with like a fucking gun? Oh, I always think that. And I'm just like, you know, I instantly think like, okay, like what's, what's my, what's my plan? Duck behind the seat and crap your pants. Yeah. But it's, it's, and I mean, it's not just like the movies. It's anytime I, it's anytime I go to any kind of like, Large gathering, large gathering or large kind of event type deal. I, it's always in the back of my mind. And unfortunately, that's just kind of the society we live in. And oh, that's society. That's the big Joker yeah. meme. <laughs> yep, yep. Unfortunately, that's just kind of how, how things are. And well, I mean, I hate it. I hate that. That's like, I, I mean, thank God I'm not such so crippled by it that I stopped living my life. Yeah. I mean, if it makes you feel better, statistically, you're much more likely to die from a car accident or choking on your food or any number yeah. of things. This 
it's really it's publicized a lot in school like not school but like mass shootings are a terrible thing but uh there's so many other things that cause so many more deaths not that i'm saying that we should accept it accept it no we norm, should, yeah. yeah we should take obviously we should take steps to prevent it but don't live in fear yeah don't live in fear live your life i mean there's so many things to be afraid of but you can't let it control you you have to go out there and be the best person you can be be brave Live your life. Don't let things control you. This show has taken many turns yeah. today. Yeah. We started off with a rousing bio of Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so he didn't let fear control him. No, he, he like, followed his dream. <laughs> he got that tr- $50 from Pong, <laughs> moved to New York. <laughs> Not a care in the world. <laughs> if, holy shit. We should all be like Charles Entertainment Cheese. <laughs> Find me a podcast that shifts gears like we just did. <laughs> I dare you. It's like a person who's never driven a stick shift in his life trying to go down the road. And you're like, <laughs> uh, yeah. neither of us have driven a stick shift in our no, lives. No, <laughs> I couldn't. I could barely drive a real car. <laughs> stick shifts aren't real cars. You're here to hear first. <laughs> so just pretend cars for stupids. <laughs> Sorry, Tony. <laughs> oh, oh, no. <laughs> oh. Ah, uh, good gracious. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> no segue this week. We're just going to jump right into yeah, it. Yeah, might as well. So for years, really, mm-hmm. I have roamed this earth. <laughs> <laughs> I have scoured the plains, <laughs> picked flesh from the bones. And is, this wondered, like, is this like a Ultimate Warrior promo you're doing right now? <laughs> <laughs> it is. <laughs> I've put the, no, the plane into a nosedive. <laughs> I, uh, I, I've always like been fascinated with uh, the extreme crossover that has become like of, of pro wrestling and comic books. And <laughs> anytime I kind of mentioned to Steph, she's kind of like, no, <laughs> she doesn't see it. No, she no. lacks the vision. She, she, I've been with her for, you know, almost eight years Wow. and I still haven't gotten her to, to click over <laughs> and watch <laughs> wrestling. Like she'll, she'll see it and try to compare it to supernatural. It's been on longer. It's the longest <laughs> weekly episodic TV show. Raw is yeah, not wrestling. <laughs> it's it's uh, one of those things that I guess I do understand. Like if you've n- never watched it mm-hmm. and you come in like in your twenties, your thirties, or whatever, you're gonna have preconceived notions. You're gonna you have preconceived notions, and you're gonna be like, "Man, this is the stupidest fucking thing I've ever <laughs> seen in my life." And you'd largely be right. And yes, for <laughs> sure. Like whenever, like if because we'll will you leave the TV on for the dog and. <laughs> We'll uh we'll leave it on the the WWE network because that's like one of the only apps I have that doesn't time out. Yeah, it just keeps going. And she's a fan. And she's a fan. She's a huge fan. So like every once in a while she sees something and she'll be like, "Why is this thing doing? Why is this person doing this? Or what? Why? Whoa, why is this? Let me explain. And I'll usually just go, "I don't know. Wrestling's dumb. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's pro wrestling." Well, you see, like, it all started seven months ago at the beginning of their feud. It's very very stupid, but. I mean, I know, I mean, obviously me, you, Tony, like John, mm-hmm. um, you, I think, I think you personally know a few more wrestling fans than I do. Yes, I would say so. In your experience is <laughs> this going to be a weird question. Is there more comic fans that are also into wrestling or more wrestling fans that are also into comics saying like, is there more, I guess, is there more comic fans that just don't watch it? Or is there more wrestling fans that are like, I'm not into comics or superheroes. I would definitely think that there are more wrestling fans that also like comics. Okay. Because like plenty of comic fans don't really, you know, they don't really know much about wrestling. 
Do you think there's like some that like thumb their nose at the other? Oh, I'm positive there. That's are. a bizarre yeah, thing to isn't me, isn't it? That's two sides of the <laughs> yeah. same fucking coin. Oh yeah, man. Especially uh, comic fans these days because it's recently gotten a lot more popular. Mm-hmm. Whereas it was kind of the reverse before. There was you know when wrestling was gigantic in the late '90s to mid 2000s, it was you know a household thing. It was the biggest thing on television. Comic books were just me, you know, more of a niche thing. And wrestling fans would thumb their nose as nerd stuff, you know. And now it's kind of the other way Vice around. Versa. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's funny, as you mentioned, like the we, the big wrestling boom of the late 90s and it, like thinking back, but I, I think I spent it. Just, if it just makes sense. I spent more time probably as a more of a wrestling fan than I was like superheroes and comics. Because yeah, same here, like superheroes, I was into a lot when I was a kid, but like I kind of stepped away from that when I was deemed uh, or perceived as like not cool mm-hmm. to like. And we all talked about that before. But I kept watching wrestling and like, especially because 97, 98, 99, 2000, 2000, going into 2001, it was like the biggest thing on the fucking world. Oh yeah. Gigantic amounts of money went into it. The buy rates for their, like the weekly shows were astronomical. They'd pull in like 7.0s and stuff like that, I think. Well, and like, I think of it like this too, which is weird because this, this thought just kind of came to me. Like I remember this weird paradigm shift where you were almost ashamed to be a wrestling fan. Yeah. Like there was this weird thing where like you, you were a closeted wrestling fan. Yeah. And it was kind of the same thing with like comics. Like you kind of become, you kind of first were like a closeted comic book fan. And then just like the attitude era, the Monday night war era, it thrusted its way into the mainstream and suddenly it became okay. Comic mm-hmm. book movies suddenly thrust in the mainstream and suddenly it becomes okay. There's another now parallel. I yeah. can wear my Thor shirt, my X-Men shirts and I get comment like compliments on them all the time. Hell yeah. Uh, and it was kind of like the same thing. Like suddenly like in the nineties, you could wear your stone cold shirt, your NWO shirt. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to be like, suddenly it was, it was cool to wear that stuff. And uh, you know, you'd go to sporting events and they play the NWO music or stone cold <laughs> Steve Austin's, you know, it's just insane. Absolutely. There's a lot of bizarre parallels. I was gonna say the most obvious parallel is like the good versus evil. Yes. The face and the heel. Yeah. And the, especially I think more so in like early nineties and <clears throat> into the 2000, like WWE, like, there's like actual characters mm-hmm. that had these comic book like personas. Absolutely. You had like Ultimate Warrior. Yep. Um, big Boss Man. Big Boss Man. <laughs> Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. And the, yeah. Undertaker. Yeah. The Undertaker big, for sure. Mankind. Yep. Very I good. mean, the the whole, that whole thing, Undertaker, Mankind, that was all very comic book. It really was. Supernatural-esque. <laughs> and that's what was really, and then when you throw Kane in there. And all that stuff, like it just got so. Oh, they had literal vampires, the brood <laughs> that came up through a ring of yeah. fire. <laughs> really? How is this not fucking cool? <laughs> oh, I know. And they had that amazing theme music too, like wow, 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 so awesome. But yeah, there's a the definite parallel. The characters that are larger than life, very comic book like. There's a parallel of characters going from a bad guy to a good guy as a commonplace yeah. thing. The face and the heel, the face turn or the heel turn. Comic book characters do that all the time. Characters like Adam Smasher, or he's famous for it. The rogues becoming going from bad guys to good guys. Emma Frost. Emma Frost is another famous <laughs> example. Uh, Doc Ock. He's another really big one. Probably one of the biggest uh, face turns, if you will, in and counts you- for a while. And also the uh, once again, like we talked about the late nineties, the rise of the antiheroes. Yep, you had, and that was kind of like that same time frame. Yep, because he had characters like Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, Brian Pillman, other characters like that. Sting, he was a big antihero. Holy shit! Yeah, Sting, <laughs> literally a comic book character. A comic book character <laughs> yeah, he come was to the life. Crow, yeah, he was the crow. Like, <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about. How did I forget about yeah. that? <laughs> Oh my God. Weird. That's an amazing parallel because it's literally a comic book. He's literally designed after a comic book character. And I mean, there were times I, I mean, and it's weird. Cause like, I kind of look back on it now and like, um, I almost took like certain things to, like, 
I, I realized I have, I completely took like late 97 WWF totally for fucking granted. Yeah. Like the Bret Hart heel turn. Yep. The, you know, the Hart Foundation, like that was fucking good shit. Oh, that was the best time in wrestling, 1997, in my opinion. One of the, because that was around too, like NWO. Yeah. Talk about your face heel turns. Yeah. I mean, Hulk. actually, that's two of them right there, like Bret Hart and then Hulk Hogan. Yep. The biggest heel turn of all time. It a tear to my eye. I know, man. I remember <laughs> I remember crying when I saw that. <laughs> Not you, Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> you fans can stick it, brother. I mean, yeah, that was, if, if I was going to compare the two, I think that was probably like the Iron Man movie of, <laughs> of <laughs> <Yeah>. professional wrestling. <laughs> like if you were to compare the two, like yeah. what really kicked started and jumped and, you know. Absolutely. That's what kicked it in the mainstream. Everyone talked about it. Everyone was like, oh, Hulk Hogan's a bad guy now after so many years of being a good guy. And everybody wanted it. Yep. Um, I recently was listening, and this is just a side thing. Like, uh, you can check this out on the side if you want. I'm going to, I'll get the website from you because I can't remember what it is. But there's a, uh, you can still find it, an old wrestling me- uh, message board. Yeah. It's called like RSW or something like that. That was up in like the early 90s. Ooh. And you can go back and read comments. Uh, the one po- the podcast I was listening to this week, he was going through and reading old comments of when Goldust vignettes were starting to air. Oh, man. And oh, my God. <laughs> there was some like he just refused to read because they were so bad. So homophobic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but like it piqued my interest. I was like, I need to go back and read this. Yeah, man. Did you? Uh, I have not had a chance yet. No. But like there was one where like a guy was talking about like how like give Goldust a chance. Like we have other great characters. There was one character he said that I was just kind of like, and even the guy in the podcast was like, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Everybody was like, so-and-so. And then, and he also have Waylon Mercy. So let's see where these guys can go. Uh, I think there's good. And I'm like, Oh man, Waylon Mercy. And then there was there one, a blast from the past. There was one person who said that they thought the, the gold dust character was going to put an end to the undertaker once and for all. <laughs> Uh, that's so wild. It's just one of those things. He had the potential. I mean, like Goldust was huge. He was just too controversial. There was a thread completely dedicated to his bulge as well. Yeah, man. He was rocking that. (laughs) That old, uh, Kurt Henning Ringwood. (laughs) Yeah, man. Uh, there was also, um, I mean, there's also been a lot of wrestling comic books. Yes. Which I mean, even, uh, like Hulk Hogan in the early eighties. He had a, his own Japanese comic book. Or, really? Yeah, or manga, if you will. It was uh, him, except for in this, he beat uh, Sly Stallone. Really? Yep. <laughs> he beat him with a leg drop. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, Thunderlips won against uh, Rocky Balboa. We might need to review that. We, we've talked about doing some like... I've seen the panels of like the last four panels. Yeah. This looks awesome. There's, there, there's been multiple times where they've done, because I know like in the 90s, like late 90s, like Undertaker had his own comic book. Yeah, so did... Uh, Big Boss Man, he fought. Did he? Yeah, he fought the Mountie, who was another larger than life character. Yeah, the evil Canadian, Canadian policeman. policeman. <laughs> <laughs> Look out! It's the Mountie, and he always gets his man. Oh man, good stuff. Um, there was that, and then there was, uh, of course, I think the most famous one is probably the Ultimate Warrior one, the Warrior comic book. Yes. Which I can only imagine the oh nonsense that went on in that I think book. he like was a direct writer for it. So. I, oh no. <laughs> I need to get my what hands What kind of crazy cocaine drug-filled nightmare that was. <laughs> it was just an interpretation <sighs> of his mind. What he saw. <laughs> his this weird, on. crazy beatnik poetry that is the it warrior was, forming a sentence. If I remember correctly too, the art in it was very like, Grandiose. Didn't he like uh, beat up Santa Claus and steal his pants? (laughs) (laughs) That sounds so insane. Almost too insane for you to make up on the spot. (laughs) Yeah, I I saw that panel before in a comic book message board. And I'm like, what? Yeah, the art reminded me a lot of Spawn, like a Spawn type comic, because like the fat characters are like super fat and like over, you know, exaggerated features, Mm -hmm. cartoon like almost in a way, but not. 
was very uh, mid to yeah, mid nineties style. Very um, I don't want to say Rob Layfield. It almost kind of reminded me of like uh, the Max. If you ever yeah. read the Max. Like, you know, like artistic uh, accentuation of features and whatnot. It's almost like an exaggeration of an exaggeration. Yeah. I'm going to try to. Very caricature-esque. There's a, there is actually currently an ongoing WWE comic book series. Boom as we Studio. Speak. Yeah. Yeah. I think Boom does it. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me. Oh my God. <laughs> the new guy's in the back <laughs> puking his guts out. He's wearing a thong. <laughs> oh um, yeah. Santa. No, 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 not Santa. <laughs> Holy shit. Now, when you were saying, I don't want to say Layfield-esque, you, <laughs> that is Layfield-esque. Yeah. <laughs> that is the most 90s thing I've seen in a while. Look at this one. <laughs> Holy shit. It's a good fit for him. Team Warrior, Warrior, Callahan, Smith. Those are the writers. And <laughs> look at the size of his arm. It's like the size of a normal human torso. Yeah. That's, like, I don't think that's the right. Up, I don't think that's proper anatomy either. This must be the one you're talking about where he has the sack on his back. Yep. <laughs> oh, here's one where he's like, he's mirror image warrior where he's all white. He kind of looks like Wendigo. Ooh, it's like the anti-Eternia um, ultimate warrior. Yeah. The faker. Oh, yep. I just found the image of him wearing Santa's pants. <laughs> wow. We got to get our hands on these. Yeah, man. I'd love to read and review them. I am going to eBay as we speak. I'm sure you could find them for like super cheap. There's no way. I don't know. He Especially after he died. Yeah. Which can we, t- I mean, I think it's so fucking hilarious. Is it him being dead? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, like he was like the bastard child of WWE for how long? Oh yeah. Decades. And then they, they welcome him back for the hall of fame and then he, then he drops dead. He drops dead. Like, Days after. Literally, like, Hall of Fame Saturday, he died on Monday. Night yeah. After Raw. Yeah. Or, like, Tuesday morning, I think it was. After peering on, peering on Raw since, for the first time since, like, 1996? Yeah. Oh, my God. I can get the whole... Uh, 20 bucks for one issue. <laughs> Told you it skyrocketed. But it, but I found it so funny that, like, after he died, it was, like, Sunshine was sh- shooting out of his ass. Oh, dude. Like, he was a fucking terrible guy. No, I mean, yeah, he was a... Uh, Not saying he's, he should have died. Like, he had daughters and stuff like that. But, like, he was, it's just the hypocrisy yeah, of it. He, oh, yeah, it's classic WWE. But, yeah, he said horrible things about so many people. He uh, had some disturbing things to say about the He was a racist. He was a homophobe. Yeah. I believe he was an anti-Semite. He said a lot of... He said some pretty terrible things about Bobby Heenan when he had cancer. Yes. Which is awful. Because Bobby Heenan is like the greatest person ever. Yes. Was the greatest person ever. (laughs) But yeah. Yeah, he did not have a nice thing to say about very many people. He did have a lot of nice things to say about Macho Man, though. That's true. I never heard him say anything bad about Macho Man. That's true. Well, I don't... Not very many people had very many bad things to say about Macho Man other than the fact that he kept his wife locked up in a room. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a different time. Um, so, you know, the, and then there's, you know, we talk about like wrestling spilling over to comics and then comics kind of spilling over into wrestling. And also too, like, and I've noticed a lot over like probably the past like 10, 15 years mm-hmm. where you'll see a lot of wrestlers incorporating comic book stuff yeah. on their attire. Oh yeah. Big time. Which is like the coolest thing. Oh, I like, think it's I love- cool too. Like Finn Balor was famous for it when he was in the Indies. He did a lot of the airbrush. He would do like Venom yep, or Venom, or the Carnage. Joker, Silver Surfer. I didn't see Silver Surfer. It looks pretty cool. There is a bunch of different interesting I know uh, Rey Mysterio did a lot. Like he had the- Still does, yeah. He, yeah, he had the Flash one. Mm-hmm. He did, a, I think he did a Silver Surfer. He did a Joker. And he, he did yeah. Mysterio. He did Mysterio, which I, th- I especially enjoyed. Yeah, he his he did a Captain America one. He did the Flash. His uh, original ring attire was very similar to, his WCW ring attire is very similar to Spider-Man. He, yeah, I remember him having some kind of Spider-Man-esque, Spider-Man-esque yeah. stuff on his. Um, another big one that comes to mind is uh, Kofi Kingston. Yep. A lot of his stuff uh, before New Day was uh, like, I remember him having like Riddler inspired ones. Mm-hmm. He had Robin ones, I believe. I think he had Joker. A lot of Batman ones, I'm pretty sure. 
yeah. he's a fan. I mean, come on. <laughs> we do live in a society. We do have a society that we live in. <laughs> um, what, uh, I, uh, I got really, really excited. The one, uh, I think it was a couple, was it last year? It was last year's SummerSlam where Seth Rollins came out in the uh, Thanos yeah, man. inspired gear. How, like complete with like, because he didn't have a gauntlet. So he had like one gold boot. Yeah. <laughs> to do the uh, curb yep, stuff. Yep, and it. I was like, that's, you're kind of a schmuck, but I like, yeah, like that. Points to you for that one. <laughs> um, and then uh, most recently, I think it was Ricochet. Yeah. He had that a really cool Nightwing. Yeah. One. But that one looked really awesome. Yeah. I was like. It looked like cinematic. Do you remember? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember? Do you remember the time when we <laughs> fell in love? No. Uh, do you remember? It was I think Halloween Havoc '96 or '97. Rey Mysterio, I think he was going up against Dean Malenko, and he had the Phantom, the purple. Yes. <laughs> Slam evil. <laughs> Holy shit! Like I remember starring Billy Zane. Yes, and that was like a good like couple of years after that movie came out. Yeah, wasn't it? it was a minute, I think. Because what year did the Phantom? The Phantom? I don't know. Because the, the Phantom would have been. It would have came out after the Shadow. I remember that, which also didn't perform well. No, this both are when, great though. I love them both. This was when comic book movies were box office poison. Yep. If it wasn't Batman. Oh shit! It did come out in '96. So. Oh, so yeah. Maybe it was right before it came out, but because I don't think he would have done it after. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I remember like being in a friend's house and like he came down. This was like I think the first WCW pay per view I'd ever seen. Uh huh. And he comes down and <laughs> my friend's brother was just kind of like, "Why he looks like the he looks like the Phantom? <laughs> like why is he dressed like the Phantom?" He is the phantom. And like, yeah, like he had like the whole like purple <laughs> onesie suit, and yeah. everything. Like it was weird. <laughs> I didn't like it. It didn't make me feel good at all. Give you all kinds of funny feelings. Um, we talked a little bit about the uh, comic book S characters of professional wrestling. Like we, RoboCop. Oh my God. <laughs> I forgot about when RoboCop showed up to save Sting. Sting and his good buddy RoboCop. <laughs> Match made in hell. <laughs> Honk. <laughs> What was the point of that? Well, uh, RoboCop 3, I think, was coming out. Okay. <laughs> That's literally the only... Yeah. Uh, I'm, Everyone I, was like, you know what? We need to get people to believe more into kayfabe. We need oh to get a believable God. character like fucking RoboCop to show up. Okay. I just had an idea. Yeah. Picture it, if you will. All right. If, if you, you will. <laughs> San Diego Comic-Con 2020 exclusive from Mattel. Sting and RoboCop. Oh, dude, fuck. Yes. Holy shit. <laughs> Comes with a cage, RoboCop to rip the door yep, out. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I think we just had a billion dollar idea. <laughs> fuck yeah. If there is any way Mattel could make that happen. Please. If you're listening. Please. And we know you are. We know we, we know Mattel's listening. <laughs> but I mean, I'm sure there's some kind of licensing thing, but that would be fucking oh, cool. Dude, like, they have imagine? done everything else. Like they did the Slim Jim Macho Man. Yeah. Which you can check out a review of over on our YouTube page. It's great. The it, thumbnail when it moves it's of you unfurling the uh, tassels on his uh, sleeves. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when you hold the mouth over, yeah. <laughs> the, but, uh, and they've done like the Shockmaster. Yes. Like they have done God so much. them. They've done so much. If they could do a Sting Robocop 2 pack <laughs> with the cage, I would get that. It's, I don't even have any wrestling figures in my collection, but I think I would have to get that one. <laughs> Just throwing that out there. But, yeah. Uh, the, right now in wrestling, I think they have like the most comic book based and maybe character driven persona right now, mm -hmm. which is the fiend. Yes. He is very much like a late nineties. He's right out of a Todd McFarlane comic. Basically. Oh yeah. He's like a total, like supernatural, just freak show. He even looks like a Todd. He looks a lot like, you know, like the violator or something. Mm. You know what I see when I see his mask? Mm. I see death in the family Joker. Yeah, or definitely. Death in the family. With the, when he had the face ripped off and it was when he was really crazy wearing his face as a mask like that's anytime I see it like 
that's what I see. Unfortunately, I believe they've actually like changed the mask a little bit today. They toned it down to tone it down a little bit, which I a shame. Yeah. I was kind of bummed about it, And I hope they don't, I hope they bring the back character. the original mask for the, uh, pay-per-view. pay-per-view. Yeah. When he had this, his head as a lantern, the whole reason that they made a TV 14 was for that lantern. That's so like, that's when, you know, you have a good idea. Yeah. Like they're willing to actually change the rating of the pay-per-view for you and you alone. Word is, is like Fox wants him on their show because Fox is going to be showing SmackDown. Now USA is going to be showing raw mm-hmm. and SmackDown wants uh Bray Wyatt, the fiend on their show. Hey, I think it'd be a good fit. I mean, they had the undertaker on there for so long. I mean, and it's one of those things where like, you got to fucking keep this guy going. Like, Oh yeah. Keep and feeding I, him fuel. You know, I'm just so concerned that they're going to fuck this up. I'm so scared. He's going to lose. I'm terrified. If he loses, I'm probably going to stop watching any kind of WWE programming. Thank God. October 2nd is right around the corner. Yeah. It's funny. as another or big third. Yeah. Well, no second. It's, it's Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday dynamite. Yeah. yeah. Wednesday night dynamite. There's the other, there's another really big parallel that was for years and years. The big two. Oh yeah. Because there was WCW, the smaller, one and then WWF, the edgier one for the longest time, the more bigger, edgier one. Yeah, which Marvel would consider more. Would you say Marvel was the edgier one or Marvel was the smaller one? I would say they were the edgier one. And for a while, they were smaller, at least not considered because like DC was the more credited one because it's an older company. Although the parallel kind of gets wishy washy. It there. is. It there is get, definitely it a wishy washy. <laughs> there's, there's definitely a big two. And there's even a concept of characters. And then ECW was Image. Yep, there you go. Because <laughs> yeah, you had the indies, which are like the independent publishers. Yeah. And then there's characters. Where they would, they couldn't use their name anymore. That happened. It happens in wrestling, and it also happens in comics. Yeah, like if rights shift. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, Superboy for the longest time couldn't use the name Superboy, and it was the same thing for Superboy Prime or anyone else who had that name because there was a lawsuit with the uh, the Schuster family. Mm-hmm. So they just called Superboy Connor, and they called Superboy Prime uh, Superman Prime for a long time because mm. they still had the rights to Superman. The same thing happens in wrestling. Like same thing's happening with Cody Rhodes right now. His last name is in legal limbo. So Which I think is, I think it's bullshit. From what I've heard, he said he just never asked for the rights to it. He probably when he probably he probably like when he was a kid or I don't know if he like didn't ask like after he asked for his release or if he was just kind of like like why would he? I don't understand why you go by just Cody. I would go by Cody Reynolds. Anytime know? anybody talks to him, they just refer to him as Cody Rhodes anyway. So yeah. I think it's one of those things where it's like you, just, you know who the fuck I am. Yeah, pretty much. And which is bizarre to think at this point because he was like chucking peanuts in the stands. Might as well have been in WWE, and now he's yeah. executive vice president of their now probably the de facto number two. Yeah. Uh, wrestling league. The only one to pull more than 10,000 people in a uh, arena since WCW took a shit. Well, look at, look at it like this. TNA, uh, total nonstop action wrestling, impact wrestling, whatever the fuck you want to call it, has been around longer than the longer than WCW. Yeah, they were around since 2003 or two. Yeah, and you still have to like, well, they, they, they came around shortly after WCW closed. Yeah. But you, you have to like really hunt them down and try to find a channel. They keep switching. They just changed again recently. Right out of the bat, AEW... TNT prime yep. time. They found a billionaire to back them. And it's so cool because it's kind of like the, the same thing with the superhero movies. Like you don't want one to succeed and one to fail. No, you want both to succeed because competition is better. Yeah. You want yeah. a healthy rivalry, a healthy rivalry. And it makes everybody do and be better. So, and then you have the fanboys that are purists for one or the other. Exactly. Oh, that was so bad. Like, yeah. W- oh yeah. Like when I was a kid, I watched both. I was mainly a WCW guy, mm-hmm. but I wasn't like, you know, WWF sucks, you know. I'm sure you knew people, though, that had plenty. either that that mindset or the opposite. Yep, plenty. In fact, it was the majority. It was, you know, it was, they kind of like, I mean, the wrestling companies wanted that, so they encouraged it. Mm-hmm. So I can understand why if it's in an environment that's encouraged, but... I think it's stupid. Just enjoy both products, you know? I would so, flip between the channels if one part was boring. Yeah, that's what we did. Every every Monday night, like, <laughs> I, 
those Monday nights, um, for a lot of reasons for me, hold a very special place in my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, just because it was one of the last things. I don't mean to get off Dr. Phil. <laughs> it was like one of the last things that like I can remember like us all sitting down and doing like as a family. Mm-hmm. Like even some people like my mom like begrudgingly. But like <laughs> I just remember like Monday night there would be times where we would all sit around like and actually watch and like it would be me, a couple of my brothers, sometimes my mom, my dad. And you know, I remember my dad was like a huge Goldberg fan. Like he really liked Goldberg. <laughs> Um, so it, that era, especially like there is such a thick air of nostalgia for it, for me that it, uh, yeah, it always will be very special to me. And, and I always like putting some of those old episodes on the W network and just sitting there and just being like, uh, hell yeah. And I loved flipping back, back and forth. It was so good. Oh yeah. Like if mankind had a match, I'd probably watch that. It was a huge mankind mark at the time. Ah, uh, the job squad's dust. out. You know, yeah. <laughs> let's see what's going on WCW. Ah, oh, fuck it. Uh, the vanilla midgets. <laughs> <laughs> we were both were going the same way with that. <laughs> And like, what was really cool too is like WCW would try to like, usually at like the second hour, they would tote out like the NWO mm-hmm. and like Hogan or like a sting angle, like right at that hour mark when yep. WWF would be starting <laughs> or they just flat out would be like, Hey, this is what happens on their show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to watch that. So here's a question for you. Yes. We all know that there is a certain pocket of wrestling fans. Well, we, I guess we could be considered it, but I don't think we are. Yeah. I don't consider us smarks. Yeah. Uh, what, what would be the equivalent to a comic book smark? Um, let's see. I, something just popped in my head, and, but I'll let you. <laughs> I think if people like people that get really, I mean, there's the, the non-inclusive comic book fans, the ones who shit on people that just watch the cinematic universe mm, stuff. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're really, yeah. That's like, a, that's a big thing. I think it's a terrible thing to do. I think, you know, we're all one big community, you know, like if you don't know, like smarks are the ones who are like, oh, you don't know, you know what a what jobbing is, or you don't know the terms. You like, don't know a blade job. Yeah, you don't know kayfabe, or you know, like you don't in the know on the terminology, or you don't know who this person was before they were in WWE. You don't know what it means when someone gives somebody a potato. <laughs> you don't I watch. Just they're fucking giving somebody a potato. <laughs> Potatoes are delicious. It's very similar where someone would be like, you know, they didn't know who Drax was before they watched Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, oh, what do you mean you didn't, you didn't read the comic? Well, you didn't even bother to do your research before it's you watched the movie. Drax is played by Batista. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> another big crossover. So there's definitely a parallel there too. Like there's definitely, I would definitely say there are comic smarks for sure. I agree with you a hundred percent on that actually, because it, it's, it, it, there are, they are out there. I don't come across them too much, but I think some, some of them aren't as forthcoming or as direct. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like a lot of them would be like, you know, you'd be talking to them and they'd probably be, well, you know, in the comics. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think that's kind of their subtle way of being like, well, I know more than this than you and you're just, you're just, uh, a, you're just a bandwagon, yeah. you know, casual jumper. Uh, but I, I was going to say the equivalent would be like Batman fans. Oh yeah. Big time. <laughs> just Batman fans. Just Batman fans in general. <laughs> and I can say that because I am one. Yep. He's a bat smart, bat smart, <laughs> bat smart for life. <laughs> for, 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 for life. Oh my gosh. Oh, so good. Um, and I think the, the reason too, that there is such a, a crossover is like, it, it, a lot of it is the same. Like you have, you have muscular people mm-hmm. in flashy outfits fighting yep living on power fantasies yep good versus evil and the the, even the women are you know very bustuous statuesque statuesque he's like a great god jr (laughs) wrestling fans will get that the smarks will get it yep uh and if you're just a filthy casual then who cares here's the mark who cares (laughs) yep oh my gosh mark's (laughs) casual yep Oh, so many parallels. It is ungodly. And, and I am, I am happy and I am proud that I am considered to be both Yes, a, a wrestling fan and a comic book fan. It's the best of both worlds. It's like eating peanut butter with peanut butter. <laughs> it I is. could not be peanut happier. Butter and chocolate. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, who doesn't, I mean, all it comes down to at the end is storytelling, good versus evil. Mm-hmm. And that's why I like old, you know, the 90s stuff so much better. Cause it was told so much better, but <laughs> you know, uh, is that comics and wrestling. 
Yeah. <laughs> Actually, well, eh, I don't know about 90s comics being better. Yeah, there, I would there, say 90s comics were, a lot of people considered the, some of the worst times in comics. You know, what's funny is another really good parallel is you kind of mentioned like the uh, indies, like, mm-hmm. you know, ECW was equivalent to like the image comic books. And where all now, the violent, scary stuff happened. Yeah. <laughs> And now in both wrestling and comic books, there's so many of these independent that your options are literally at almost limitless yep. to what you can do. Like if you think about it wrestling wise, you got ROH, you got new Japan, you got uh, impact, you got AEW, mm-hmm. WWE, not to uh, mention all your like local, like evolved, down to the city, ones. NXT, yep. <laughs> yep. clash wrestling from here. Yep. Uh, you got so many options and it's the same thing with, you know, comic books. Now you got so many like independent stuff, like you know, like boom image, like you said, Motor City Mo, Motor City Mo. <laughs> yep, there's another great one. Uh, Oni, there's just, I mean, you, there's just so many you can look for. You can, and I think a lot of people too start off dabbing their feet. You dab your feet in the established. Mm-hmm. So you start off with WWE, you start off with Marvel, DC, and then you branch out into the more like some of the New Japan stuff, or maybe Impact. Maybe I would say you branch out maybe to ROH Impact. Yep, you branch out to like Image and Boom, and then you just kind of. Start to really explore, really get out there mm-hmm. and start getting the, finding the weird eclectic stuff. Yeah. And then you just become an all around adverse in the culture and the great storytelling and the great things that it all has to offer. It doesn't mm-hmm. always have to be negative. No, you don't always have to be an asshole. No. Not you, but <laughs> I do always have to be an asshole. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> There's a lot of welcoming fans in both fandoms. There are. You, you just got to find them. Um, People are happy to help you out, tell you terminology or explain anything you want really i'm always happy to if anyone has any questions not that i'm we've, we've tried explaining stuff to cody numerous times yeah of course we're assholes about it <laughs> god cody <laughs> cody this has been around for years you should what do you mean you didn't watch this when you were a child <laughs> what do you mean you didn't have the same upbringing as me how dare you <laughs> i mean uh it's, it's it's oh no i lost my train of thought <laughs> yeah way to go cody you fucked up another podcast <laughs> stop it we miss you cody come home I always remember though with Cody too, it was always funny like watching it and I kind of would give him a hard time about it, but like at the same time I got it mm-hmm. because it probably is what a lot of people would think like watching professional wrestling from the outside view. He'd sit there, he'd watch it and he'd go, I just don't get it. Mm-hmm. And I'd always be like, what is there? What is there? There's nothing to get. What don't you get? He's like, I just don't get it. Like the pretend the fighting yeah. and it's, everybody knows it's pretend, but everyone's watching. And I tell him, I'll be like, well, Cody, it's just like watching a movie yeah. or a TV show. Like, but in his mind, is like, but people are treating like act like this is a sport, like it matters. But the outcomes are fixed, and it's just a weird back and forth that I think would never would never cease. <laughs> I don't know. It's odd to me that people that there's betting odds on professional wrestling. That's what blows my fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> like, how can you have betting odds on a predetermined? Well, you don't know outcome. where it's gonna go though. But more often than not, often, us yeah. smarks we know <laughs> <laughs> we get proven wrong. But yeah, I tend to know how a match is gonna go. Um, Although the booking is so weird these days, I get, it is yeah. sometimes like I think they do stuff just for the sake of doing it. Oh, we put one over on the Smarks, you know. There was one year, two or three years ago, um, I remember watching one of the WrestleManias. And I was watching it like as it was happening and all that. So I didn't know like who was going to win. And like every match, like it seemed like it was just like they were going the opposite way that people either thought or wanted it to go. Mm-hmm. Like it was just like, and here's a swerve. And here's a swerve. <laughs> they were like Vince Russoing yeah. us. <laughs> Left and like right. all over, bro. And... <laughs> You piece of shit that I wipe off of my shoe. <laughs> That's a really good one. <laughs> Thank you. I've, I've impersonated him a lot. You should be him for Halloween. I should. I'll just like dye my uh, facial hair black and you'll never see that <laughs> piece of shit again. <laughs> Hulk Hogan, you big bald son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, there is no Vince Russo in comics. No. <laughs> Nobody can be that terrible no, and have a job in comics. <laughs> 
I guess you can, could compare him to Rob Layfield. Maybe, but... But Rob, Rob Layfield's Lay- a nice guy. Yeah, and he has... And some and a lot of people do have some respect for him. Yeah. No Vince one. Vince Russo, nobody has respect I mean, he's for him. I mean, he's got, a, you know, a little legion of smarks. He does. And Ooh! Like, uh, Zack Snyder. You can compare him to Zack Snyder. Snyder. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Maybe. Like, Vince Russo, like, oh, what a piece of shit. I mean, he was talented. I guess like, he kind of reminds me of Garth Ennis, because, like, he's just so, like, does things... Up to amps everything up to eleven. Yeah, he needs to be reined in. Yeah, and that's what that's why he was so successful in WWE because yeah, there's he, people that could be part like of a writing staff. Listen, yeah. man, a, a Judy Bagwell on the pole match. I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> Viagra on a pole. Viagra match. on a pole or whatever. What was it about the pole matches, man? He liked on the poles. <laughs> uh, did you? Oh, never mind. <laughs> I was gonna. Well, did you hear? Did you hear the joke that was made on Monday? Uh, there was a whole thing with Marina Canellis where like isn't it like a baby daddy? Yeah, thing? it was like yeah. a baby daddy thing. And like there was something with like Mike Canellis and Ricochet and one of the guys from Street Profits said something like, you know, going to have a Maria on a pole match. And the other guy was like, That's a, how do you think we got into this mess? <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. And I, I thought, yeah, I said, that was exactly my reaction. I was like, OK, that's I really enjoyed I'll that. give that one to you. <laughs> oh, but I think I will. Uh, I think that'll do it for this edition yeah. of Kapowcast. This was Hell a very yeah. good conversation. Yeah. I'm glad we uh, stretched that out into a full episode because I could go even further. To be fair, the Chuck E. Cheese portion was a very, very large part of it. The saga of Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> the Chuck E. Cheese Chronicles. <laughs> part 11. Discovery at the pizzeria. The Charles Entertainment <laughs> Cheese Chronicles. Brad was- Layfield needs to do a comic on Chuck oh, E. Cheese. <laughs> Or whatever artist did those fucking Ultimate Warrior comics. Oh my God, please. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Be sure to check out this show every week on the Pod Bros Podcast. You never can find our show and tons of other great shows. You can also check us out on YouTube where we have tons of toy unboxings, reviews, and hunt videos. Also, check us out on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, wherever podcasts are listened to. We also have a Tee Public store where you can find shirts. We also have uh, all of our limited designs up right now. So if you hop on over there, you can get that. And coming very soon, I hope... Don't be a beast. Wear a shirt. <laughs> it's going to be the, the biggest seller this Christmas season. I can smell yeah. it. <laughs> I don't know why I said smell it. And I, I did the money thing. I don't know what you're, I'm you're sm- rubbing the smell, rubbing the smell between your fingers. <laughs> 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 like, uh, like some parsley. Oh, mm. don't like parsley. No, it's fine. <laughs> Whatever. I don't give a shit about parsley. As always. Thank you to all of our Patreons, Angel Doty, Janelle Kozlowski, Charlie Robbins, Jeremy Brown, and Christy Vance. Thank you for your continued donation and support. We appreciate every last bit of it. Is that ominous enough for you? <laughs> we could do a little better next time, but it was pretty ominous. <laughs> and if you're uh, looking to get some early shopping done for the holiday season, be sure to click the links down below for our affiliates. Toink, Entertainment Earth, and Amazon. You can literally buy anything on Amazon. Just you about. Find the Ultimate Warrior comic book on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> the whole series. <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to have just a taste and then have it taken away from me. So I'll probably be jonesing for some more. Uh, go on over and, and do that. It'd be greatly appreciated. <laughs> Until next time, I am Mike and I am Jeff. Toodles. Toodles.